Konnichiwa everybody out there. Um, this is going to be a, another special episode of 9 to 5 with Gavin and Mike. And you know, today, given just the current affairs and how everything is, and even hereafter, you know, a lot of people are working at home and what we might see more of Mike is more people and companies shifting to more remote work. And so when it just comes to that and just even the whole conversation, I want to just ask you, does your workspace affect your mood? Yeah, you know, for sure. I think on some level, my workspace 100% affects my mood, right? To what extent fully, I'm sure you're going to be able to shed light on this because I know this is one of your passion areas, but I'm sure it does. So what I do notice is the more junk I have around me, the more easily I can get distracted, right? So the clearer my room can be or the clearer my desk can be, the easier it is for me to focus all of my attention on the task at hand. With that being said, I consider myself a creative person. So when I start creating and like, you know, I need scissors or I need the glue or I need my camera and I need some paper, like I can make a mess when I'm creating. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm okay with making a mess when I'm creating because I know that I can just tidy it up afterwards. Like the, the creative flow just needs to come out. I don't like hindering it by tidying up as I go along. So I know that much. But certainly when I'm starting out, the less things I have to distract me, the easier it is for my mind to be focused on the task at hand. So that's what I know about myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, what, it, what it seems like is when it does seem to get a little more... Um, uh, disorganized it's actually during the process and the important piece it seems is that right in the beginning you know you you want to have a clear space so that you can make that creative mess yeah and you're making a mess with the things that you're actually using or might use yeah might use even you know i may i may not use it like i'm not limiting myself like to just use an analogy it's like you know when i'm in the kitchen cooking like i like i like the space to be clean and clear right so i kind of know where i'm at but then as i start cooking and i'm taking the spices from from the cupboard you know i'll be pulling stuff out getting different uh chopping boards and knives with different stuff and like you know i'll be making a mess as i'm going along and i'm okay with that but in the beginning i would prefer there to be like a clean slate i can see what i'm doing i know where things are but yeah as i'm creating yeah things get things get a little messy but I'm okay with right. that. That works for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a question about that too is like, you know, when you're since right now, even in this whole quarantine situation and when you're working more at home, because sometimes I know that you might go to coffee shops, you go to co-working spaces to work, you know. Yeah, yeah. And pro- might hereafter. But when you are working at home, do you like have a designated spot that you always like, this is my work space? Yeah. Or do I've, you like this? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got a desk. I've got a desk that I work at. Um, though sometimes I might mix it up um, and go into like uh, the living area and work out of there um, because it's a more open space got like nice big windows which look out and a lot of light comes in so sometimes I might sit there but predominantly yeah I I work I work I work from my desk and um, I would say that's the place I normally work and I think it's because of logistics I've got like this big display which I can't just easily carry around I work off a laptop but that laptop is connected to, to this display this 24 inch display or whatever so and that's stationary so because of that yeah i do work from a stationary position most of the time 
Mm-hmm. Do you have an like standing desk situation, or do you usually sitting? Just I'm curious, because that's becoming a big thing, right? This whole standing oh, desk. Oh, standing desk. Make desk. They have desks that raise and then go oh, that's down. Now that, that's really big in the states. How is it? Oh, okay. I, I don't think I've Especially seen one. In Los Angeles, in, in California. Oh, interesting. What and people people work like that? What eight hours standing? Oh well, well, you, they actually have buttons on on the desks that you can get. Like what? if you go to different co-working spaces, it's like the up arrow. It'll go up and down, so you actually have a choice. And That's usually, crazy. I am switching off from like standing to sitting. As you can, uh, people, you can't really see me now, but I'm almost always when I'm sitting down on an aerobics ball. Yeah, and I, I just that. I think Keep better moving. in motion. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah I see that. And moving, so I kind of cool. like look that. restless. Yeah, that's cool. Though. I do like that because otherwise we're just sedentary the whole time. We're just always sitting down, right? So I do sit down. Yeah, I don't. I don't have one of these fancy buttons on my uh, on my fifteen pound desk here that I'm working off right now. <laughs> it's just a mm-hmm. bog standard, bog standard desk that does not go anywhere. It's stationary. Yeah, so I'm sitting yeah. down the majority of the time. Yeah, got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we it, it's because this is a this is really a fascinating topic for me. Um, especially as somebody who is like, I'm a control freak when it comes to my physical environment and having a clear space, even ever since that I was a kid, I like, I always needed to know where everything was mm-hmm. and like ha- things having designated spaces and whatnot. So oh, see, I when I was that. reading, I, I, I do okay. that actually, I do have a designated space for something. I can't remember who said it, but they were like, everything has its place. Uh, and everything in its place. I can't remember how I said it. He said it a lot more eloquently than I did. But that's a good thing. Like like these earphones that you can see, Gavin, not everyone can see them. They're always in the same place the whole time. My keys always in the same place. My wallet always in the same place because otherwise I lose stuff. I end up right. losing stuff. So I, I, I'm down with that for sure. Be mm-hmm. gone, you were saying. Yeah, so that's even bigger than just workspace. This is just mm. as far as items in your place. When it has a designated space, then there's not really much to clean up. Right. Things are just developing the habit of putting things back as in this is this is where your keys are this is where this is where the laptop tends to go at the end of the night even if you move it around right Right. and just building willpower and then once that is it's in place like no it's in place yeah it's in place and you know it's the same it's the same for my pockets as well when i when i go out the house my wallet goes in my left pocket my phone's in my right pocket my keys in my like but like everything has a, a particular place and that started when i was a teenager i remember once when i was like 14 13 years old i was getting on a bus and we like you know back in the day when dinosaurs used to roam the earth we had bus passes right there was none of this fancy like on the phone where you pay for stuff and so i had my bus pass which is like a physical paper that you print out and i remember going on the bus and i was trying to find my bus pass and I checked the pocket that I thought it was in and it wasn't in there. So I checked another pocket and it wasn't in there. And, and I remember myself becoming frantic and panicky, like, where's my bus pass? And I couldn't find it. So the bus driver, of course, kicked me off the bus and I had to walk home. And ever since then, I was like, right, my bus pass is forever going to go in like my breast pocket. Our, our shirts in school had these breast pockets. And so I made sure it was always in there. So if I wore my cardigan or my jumper or whatever, or my blazer, I know it, it was always in that breast pocket in, in my shirt. And so from then, I was like, right, everything needs to be in a particular place so that I know where it is without even having to use any brain cells to try and figure it out. So that's why I did that. That's a, that's a really important point that if anyone listened to a previous episodes where we talked really about habits, that is actually one of the powers of it. Just knowing that the willpower that we 
that we exert when we're doing something new, it does take energy. Mm. And so the whole point is that when we can consciously uh, exercise our willpower to the point that it becomes a habit so that we don't have to exercise any more willpower for right. that. Right, right, right. So your wallet's in your left pocket and you created the habit for it. There's nothing wrong. You could have it in your right pocket if you wanted to switch it up. Like, okay, but that's like such a small thing. You don't need to want to have to think about that part because you want to use focus on higher priorities or how do I want to expand my business? Who do I really want to reach out today? You right. know, more um, higher level of thinking. So that's a really uh, important piece. When did your when when did your habit start? You said you've been doing this for a while, right? Making sure habit. desk is always cleared. Yeah. So what's your backstory? Why have you been so fascinated about it? I'm just a really fat. It actually really started when I was in Japan, okay. bro. From 2014 to 2015, I lived in a really tiny um apartment a studio apartment like a one stove like it was so small man and so i would work there in the in the weekends but you said one was, stove it was just a one stove one kitchen. stove it was so tiny they had wow. we had, there was no uh area to cut stuff so there was the, the the beautiful thing about it though was that i did have a little washer it wasn't a dryer but a little washer that was directly to the right of my kitchen and then that's what I, I would use my washer as a cutting board, right? <laughs> wow, okay. But like, it's just everything had to be multi-purpose. And so yeah. what I found out in a tiny studio mm. was because I had one table and I would use the table to eat my meal and I would use it for, it's multi-purpose. When you have a small place, mm -hmm. multi-purpose oh, is sure. so important or else things get really cluttered. Totally. And what I noticed is that it's just, I wasn't very productive. I wasn't very productive because I used this table to eat. I used it to watch movies with my girlfriend back in the day. I used it to to work and everything just got cluttered. Mm -hmm. And so I came up with this whole uh, notion and I la it later was validated through certain books like Marie Kondo and other things that you have designated spaces even for like work time and stuff. So I ended up buying another table, like a little portable table and then I, I put in a white sticker on the on the top left work table. Nice. And so I never used that one for um, for eating. Mm -hmm, I never mm -hmm. used it. It was only for I'm putting my laptop on top of it. And now I'm going to search for keywords because I was doing like online publishing and stuff and then writing blogs. It was only for that. And right, I only right. pull it out for that. Okay. And then at the same time, I would use aromas. So I had um, incense. I'll crack uh -huh. open the window a little bit uh -huh. or the sliding door rather. And then I would light up incense as I'm starting work to associate myself that, hey, this is work time. Oh, like and that. so using using incense as like an anchor to, mm. oh, okay, I, I, okay, I smell this cinnamon I incense. It is time to go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like and that. that's, a really, that's a really big thing that Jordan Belfort, right? He has had his whole um, one of his little uh, companies around essential oils that you that you um, inhale through your nose and mm -hmm. it's supposed to be used as an anchor to help to foster that peak state that you're okay, in yeah. so he kind of you know that's one big thing that Tony Robbins also talks about is that you want to anchor it in whether it's through a power move that you do mm. and so all of these really like top dogs in the wolves of Wall Street um, are aware of the power of anchors and that's what I used and it, I was incredibly a lot more um, it was still difficult in the in the studio but like twice as productive okay as far as the yeah by just like having that. designated spaces for it yeah that's a good idea actually I've got some essential oils here at the moment and I kind of like use them ad hoc but I might try that actually I might give that a go where I just light it up at 9 9 a.m 
right? When I know it's time to work, I'm like, cool. The incense, the, the, yeah, essential, I mean, I the, think the, that the essential oils have been lit up. So now it's time to go to work. I might try that for a little while and just see how I get on. Yeah. And so that, that kind of like sets the ambiance for like, let's just say your work, your workspace. And so I look, I liken that too. It's just a ritual. It's a ritual mm-hmm. that you're doing leading up to getting into this workspace. So I never like usually start getting into work mode unless I'm going on my body vibration plate beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for those of you who don't know, it's kind of just like it's a part that's it's really good for your lymphatic system. It's a pretty expensive device, but it's just you just shakes your whole body. Yeah. It gets your blood circulating. So that's just one thing that I do or I'll go on my trampoline, you know, my okay. rebounder. Okay. And so something that gets into my body, you know, and then getting some stretching in, usually taking a quick cold shower. And then that's just like a ref refresh reset that and my body's no is aware that, OK, it's leading into you're about to go to work. You know? mm-hmm. Okay, then, nice. Then my whole like workspace situation, if for those you can't see, I have a desk right here right now. And if I'm going to work in my bedroom, I have different spaces that I'm going to work in to keep the variety up right now because I'm okay. usually out of the house a lot. So I have this smaller table on top of it. Uh, I usually have my planner that that's anywhere from 5 a.m. to 10, 10 p.m. It's just a planner where I write down what actually happened. I'll have a tab open with my Google uh, calendar with... This part, I write down affirmations, two different affirmations around my financial leadership that I'm putting in here with my uh, to-do list. And so this is all in reach. All these Mm -hmm. things in reach. I have markers. I have pens right here if I need to. I have a whiteboard right behind me. And so anything else that I don't use, I'm clearing it out. Nice. So if people look, it'll look kind of like messy during in process, right? In process. It'll look a little messy. Yeah. It's the whole thing. It's just like, okay, but prior to it, I'm setting the stage so that it is like consciously messy. Okay. So, 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 so what's, what's so important then? Or why, why, why do you think it's so important? Cause you, you mentioned Marie Kondo earlier. Why is it so important to be mindful of your space? I think uh, for me, it is, it is really important to, to be mindful of space in, in my opinion, right? In my humble opinion, uh, because uh, my whole tenant has always been for the longest time that, uh, a clear space makes room for a clearer mind. Nice, okay. And so especially when you're opening it up, when you're opening it up the space, there's that sense of uh, zen for me that I, that I experience. That, okay, this is a clear space. I do, it's like a reset. Mm-hmm. It's a reset for it so that now I can go in with a clear, um, with the more clear um, head, on my, head on my shoulders just from visually, visually seeing what's around me. Mm-hmm. It impacts the way that I think. So if I have all these things that are cluttered around, it, I start to think about those. I just start to think about those things. They kind of get in the way and that mm. takes bandwidth. That totally, totally takes bandwidth. Totally. And so I like to have an open space. So this is a preference thing. I just like to have open space so I can shuffle things around if I need to. I have the space to shuffle. Nice. I like that. Mm. And just speaking of bandwidth, that's that's such an important thing you talk about. Um, and, and if you think about the bandwidth, on say an internet connection right if if an internet connection is, is clogged up with say like so many people around the neighborhood using that same internet service provider at any given time or for example everyone's trying to go onto one specific website all at the same time that's going to restrict the bandwidth and everything is going to move slow and it's kind of what's happening here if we have too many things in our environment and we are either consciously or unconsciously processing all of these things in our environment it's going to take up bandwidth and there's a thing called executive functions which are mental processes that we develop growing up from an early age until like our 20s but as adults you know we 
human beings use these executive functions to get stuff done and they are typically categorized in three areas right so you've got working memory you've got cognitive flexibility and you've got inhibitory control and these three things enable us to to, to plan to organize to regulate our emotions to to achieve our goals to stay on track and things which affect for example the working memory which is the space between to simplify it's the space between short-term memory and long-term memory and before things right. go into long-term memory it has to be held in your working memory long enough and processed there for it to sink into your long-term memory the, the reason why things don't sink into our long-term memory and get processed and held is because they're not kept in a working memory long enough and the reason for that is because of mainly three things the first is distractions right and so here we're talking about space if you've got a, a clogged up space then you're going to be distracted by a ton of stuff right so clearing your distractions allows you to be able to focus on what you're working on much easier right so so distractions another thing is is information overload right if we're overloaded with, with information we, we just get overwhelmed right there's too much stuff to handle and so it doesn't sit the task we're working on doesn't sit in our working memory long enough for it to be processed and sink into our long-term memory right so again clearing your space will help with that and then the third thing that affects the working memory is multitasking right multitasking affects things staying in your working memory long enough and so humans humans don't effectively process multiple things at the same time what's really happening is our focus is shifting from one individual task to the next right. very quickly which which gives us the perception that we're multitasking so again minimizing the number of things that we have to multitask or the number of distractions we have around us or the information that's overwhelming us will really help in being able to focus on that task at hand so that we can focus and get the work done effectively um so so from that perspective you just spoke about bandwidth from that perspective like it's quite clear how important it is to have a clear as possible space when you're trying to get important work done it will really help uh, lighten the load on your executive function and enable you to get stuff done that's a really good point right there and another thing that i would add to that which um for some of you heard the name that talked about marie kondo a lot of you might know her she's taking the world by storm in the uk and in in, uh, yeah, yeah, in the states for yeah. sure yeah. but like one of the things a very simple tenant that i really just take with me is is the whole notion about sparking joy and that's her whole thing is about imagine if you walked into your place and everything that you owned inside of it brought joy to you. And oh, so nice. that that includes your workspace. Yeah. Right. That includes your workspace that if, if, if you're at it, have a desk at home and you're working uh, at home, especially now, maybe longer, and you're not really used to that. My invitation is look around at your desk. Like mm. if you're listening to this right now and you're right in your place, look around your place and see does your desk and where you work at, does this spark, do, does your clock right there spark joy for you? Mm. Does does that does that mug right there like bring joy? Does that make you, does that bring like positive uh, emotions when you look at that? And just imagine that. So with me, I'm actually looking right here and thinking there's actually a few things where I'm like, it's kind of like neutral, you know, mm. there, I don't really need it there. And imagine if I actually like, do move it out and given this for accountability purposes, I'm actually going to spend the five minutes after this before my next call actually removing some other things that okay. don't necessarily spark joy. And so what and do you so, do with those things then that don't spark joy? What do you do with them? Well, so she has her, her way. So with re regards to uh, certain one of these 
uh, certain ones. I've gotten rid of a lot of things. So as none in, like, of these giving are, them away, I'm, giving them to charity, or just moving so, them from yeah. one room to the next. So you you can you can do that. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you could move it to another place um, that maybe you're not in space too much. Uh, that's that that works, and that also be, can become a habit in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten rid of about 65 to 70 percent of my books. And that was one of the hardest things that I I was hard for me to get rid of. Um, So I have actually a lot of space in the closet. Oh, likely in the meantime right now, because I'm not going out, I'm going to shift it and I'm just going to migrate it over there. I also know I also know my my uh, personal like just standards around things that I usually do every two to three months. I do some type of cleaning where mm-hmm. I'm going to clear out things that don't work. And so that's more or less a habit of mine. So nice. I don't have hoarding tendencies in that way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, however, if this is a self-awareness thing, if people notice that like, oh, all I'm doing is migrating stuff back and forth and things are continuing to accumulate, how mm-hmm. is how is that impacting your life for better or for good? Just impact, just how is that? How just is that impacting your life? Mm-hmm. Um that doesn't necessarily solve the solve the, the thing at hand, right? If you're right. just moving things around. But right. it is a great short-term thing if you're at your desk a lot more mm-hmm. and it's then just say, in, then being in a closet, for instance, because you just go there to check out your clothes to just mm-hmm. move some books in there in the meantime mm-hmm. so that you have a clear space where you spend the majority of your time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there, well, there you go, man. I mean, for you and I, I think it's clear that our space in some way does affect our uh our work right it has it has an effect and and actually just um talking about um executive functions earlier i think i think even if we don't know it consciously on an unconscious level it is having some effect and i also like what you're saying about does this spark joy for me right now and and bringing into bringing into your space the things which do spark joy because that's going to be like a nice way to just get into a nice frame of mind right and in a nice emotional state so you've got you've got things that spark joy You've got the incense burning in the background or your essential oils or whatever. It's like, you know, it's time to work, right? You're anchored in, it's time to get the work done and you're feeling good about your space and you've got minimal distractions, minimal information overload. So you can really focus on a task at hand. I I love all of that. So I don't know about you, Gavin, but I'd love to hear about how some of our listeners feel about their space. And, you know, we're asking you guys the question, like, does your workspace, does your workspace affect your mood? You know, if it does, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, there's, there should be somewhere to make a comment, especially if it's Apple iTunes. I know you can make a comment on Apple iTunes or you can hit us up on our respective Instagram channels. They'll be posted around uh, this podcast somewhere. So we'd love to hear from you guys. Like, does your workspace affect your mood? And if so, how so? Uh, and do you have any tips that you can share with us and our uh, audience about what we can do to, to improve our workspace? Right. That's right. And for anybody who's maybe tuning in on Spotify that doesn't have the comments, you're welcome. If you actually see in our information that we each have uh, emails to, you're welcome to just actually send us personally what what you're getting or or whether it affects your workspace or uh, not as well. We love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There we are. So, guys, we hope you got some value from this. If you did, please go ahead and do the following because it helps with the algorithms. It helps us get this out to more people who can benefit. Yes, from it. So yes, if you, if yes. You, if you guys got some benefit from this as well, please, please go ahead and like, comment, or send an email. And subscribe. And y'all, wherever you are in the world right now, good morning. <laughs>